On today's show, we talked to a woman whose son was in a terrible accident and the whole family's wrestling with what to do next. Talked to a woman who's been married for 20 years and she's struggling with a dull sex life. And we talked to a guy who found out his mom has been panhandling and he doesn't know what to do next. For sure, this is an earmuffs show for the little ones. And seriously, don't have your kids in the show probably ever. Stay tuned. up this is Deloney with the Dr. John Deloney show take your calls about your life everything that's going on these days your mental health your relational IQ education concerns parenting loss love laughter all of it anything and everything that's going on in your heart and mind give us a shout man we are walking alongside you you can watch this show on YouTube at YouTube slash John Deloney you can listen to it here on this podcast I think that's the only two places you can get it. You can imagine it in your mind. And uh, a couple, there's a couple things here we got to do. First, 844-693-3291. That's 1-844-693-3291. Listen, hey, switch to the overhead camera. Real quick, James was making fun of me. He said I look like a lumberjack today. And I want everyone to see that he's got blue plaid on. Like he's some kind of fisherman. Hey, blue is sophisticated. Red is just like, I just got done cutting down a bunch just, of trees. Just drinking the haterade, dude. I think my, uh, if anybody owns a chainsaw company and wants to invest in this show, I'm your podcast guy. This is going to be mental health and chainsaw advice, effective immediately, and trees. And maybe you could cook us some flapjacks. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I don't even know <laughs> what cooking flapjacks means. But hey, give me a call, 1-844-693-3291 for your mental health, tree needs, your um, lumberjacking, and flapjack cooking. This is the worst podcast on <laughs> on all platforms. Listen, it's terrible. But keep us going. Or go to johndeloney.com slash show. Um, you can fill out the form and check it out. Hey, today I want to dedicate this this show to two important people. One um, is first to my good friend, Jean-Noël Thompson. His mom, Josette Maurice Thompson, passed away last week. A remarkable woman whose mission in life, get this, was to adopt the unadoptable. If the world said, hey, we don't want them. Man, Josette and her husband said, I'm in. She adopted over the course of her adult life. She adopted 16 kids. She fostered 30 to 40 more. Her mission was to love, love, love some more. She tells stories about the sounds of Nazi boots pounding through her childhood home. She grew up in France. She's, she's seen a lot. And because of her love and her husband's love, Get, get, get how love works because of her and her husband's love and commitment to the least of these. My good friend and mentor, Jean-Noël, and his twin brother were adopted. He found a home, saw what love looked like, met his wife, Tanya, and years later, they became a mentor to me as a dad, as a professional, as a husband. They were who I called when my wife went into labor the first time. Because of, because of Josette, Maurice Thompson, so was Jean-Noël and Tanya. And because of Jean-Noël and Tanya, so was John Deloney and Sheila. 
and Hank and Josephine. The ripple effect of love goes on and on and on. It's a beautiful story. We mourn her passing. She lived an extraordinary life. And I'd also like to shout out my great aunt Joy, who also passed away this past week at the age of 93. She was born between the Great War, saw the Great Depression, the Dust Bowl, World War II, Cold War, my family. She was an extraordinary, brilliant, talented woman, a fun, wisecracking, all of my smart aleckness. That's not true. Half of it comes from, from her. She was the spirit of my mom's side of the family. Here's the thing. Both of these trailblazing women, they won life. They lived to an old age. They navigated the craziness in this world. They slid into home with no tread left on the tires, which is exactly the way we should all hope to go. So thank you to these two extraordinary women, one I'd never even met and one I knew intimately well. Thank you so much for for who you were and what you've been to all of us. So, all right, let's go straight to the phones today. Let's, uh, we're going to turn the show around. We're going to go from flapjacks to actually helping other people. Let's go to Connie in Houston, Texas. Connie, what's going on? My hometown, how are you? I'm doing well, Dr. John. Thank you for taking my call. Um, Thank you for calling. Yeah, my 21-year-old son had a terrible car accident last fall, and basically um, it crushed his left arm. He is floundering. He does not know... Uh, what he's going to do for a vocation, um, his hobbies, his identity, his his everything is um, based on two arms, and um, we're still in the mix of of surgeries. I mean, he just had surgery this morning, actually, oh, uh, wow. another one. Hmm. So um, I don't know how to help him. So what was he doing as a profession? Um, just finished school to be a mechanic. Oh, man. And that's all he ever wanted to do. Hmm. And has he lost all function in this hand and this arm? Um, essentially, they're doing just a, what do they call it, a salvage, where okay. he won't be able to move his elbow all the way, and he's still waiting for his nerve. His wrist doesn't work properly yet. Right. That's a whole other surgery, set of surgeries coming up. Um. They saved his arm, yeah. but uh, it doesn't look the same. He lifted weights for three hours a day before this. Um, you know, he's, it's never going to be the same. It's never going to work the same. And he just, I mean, that was his everything. So I just, I worry about him and trying to figure out how to help him. So let's start with you. Um, you said the word never several times. This has affected you, too, in a really an existential way. Walk me through how you've been feeling the last few months. Don't make me cry, Dr. John. <laughs> hey, you called me, do. dude. You called me. Yeah, so I know. walk me through it. How, how are you? I'm fine until I start talking about it. Mm-hmm. I miss my son. Yeah. I miss his presence. He's a big guy, and he's lost. 35 pounds. He's, he's not emaciated, but he's thin and he's tall and he was all muscle before and he doesn't walk straight anymore. He, he, you know, he just, he used to laugh a lot more. He doesn't, he laughs once in a while, but he doesn't laugh as much as he used to. He just, um, he just isn't the same person. 
Hmm. So it makes me sad. Yeah. Are you the same person? No, absolutely not. I'm not the same person, but it's not. Where'd you, I am. Where'd you go? Who are you now? I have to put my fixer hat back on. I am a fixer. I've been through a lot of crap with, over the years with... My husband died seven years ago, which did not help his son. Yeah. I've had breast cancer. I've, um, I'm a widow. Yeah, like I said before, um, I am a fixer. I will get through this. It doesn't, it doesn't ultimately affect my life. My job is to fix him up and send him back. This happened out of state, mm-hmm. and he's back with me now. And we get along fine. That's not an issue. But... Um, I'm trying to help him. He doesn't even know what he doesn't know yet. Right. Or what he does know yet. I mean, we're still, you know, to a 21-year-old, this, what, three and a half months is a drop in the bucket for his life. But to him, it's his whole life right now. It's it, He just right. wants his life back. Right. How ugh, How honest do you want me to be with you? I can honest, I can be real honest with you, or I and I can or I can give you some some tips. Be honest with me. I I make him mad sometimes because I'm an optimist and I say things that he's like, "Mom, you don't know that. You mm. don't know if it's going to be better." And I said, "But you don't know that it is going to be as horrible as they say it's going to be." Like they don't know because they don't see this walk in the door every day. This is a very weird. Um, surgeons are brilliant, but. Mm-hmm. Um, it's up to him for a lot of this too about how much he gets back and doesn't get back and luck, you know, right. it's just all of that. But so, I keep so telling here, him he can do whatever he wants to do. I think you are a you desperately, desperately want to be an optimist. And I think you say the right things and you can you can become that as a as you can reach into your tools bag of fix it for everyone around me and one of the tools is lighten the room and you know how mm-hmm. to turn that tool on but i think this has rocked you from the inside out and i think you are as scared and nervous and heartbroken about his future probably more so than he is you are right he's 21 he's a teenager basically right Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and here's the thing you can't fix him right right I can't fix him you can't and there's no worse feeling for a parent in the whole world than to watch someone that you love hurt and you've done this before and you couldn't fix that one either right right and some people respond to that that level of powerlessness by letting go of everything, and others say that will never happen again. And they clamp down even tighter and tighter. And then a second thing like this can rattle somebody to their core, right? Mm-hmm. Was, were you involved in this wreck in any way? No. Did you raise a good young man as a single mom? Yes. Oh, yes. Does he love his wife? He's single. Oh, he's single. Okay, I thought you said he had a wife. Okay. No. Um, is he somebody that you're proud of? Yes. Like, not just like, oh, I'll pretend, but are you proud of the man he's turning into? Yes, I am. Okay. Then I want you to know that you did 
your best and that you did good. The most gracious thing you could give him right now is a couple of honest, truthful responses. You can let him know, hey, I'm heartbroken for you as your mom. And I'm not going to tell you everything's going to be okay. It's going to be, but it's going to be different. Some of the words you used when you first called was, he's never going to be the same. He's never going to get it back. He doesn't look the same. And that this is all going to be this way. And man, he just wants to get his life back. He wants to get this back. We just want to get, I want him to get his body back. And here's the thing. It's not going to come back. It's going to be different. Right. And it can be a different kind of good, and it can be a different kind of awesome, and a different kind of could never have imagined it, but it's not going to be that. Right. And so, the more he feels a disconnect between the words coming out of your mouth and the mom he knows and can feel, the more he's going to have to put on his fix-it face so that he doesn't hurt you, and y'all going to get into this weird dance of making sure the other person's always okay, and nobody's ever telling each other the truth. That, hey, this really sucks and this is scary and this is not the rest of your life, but it kind of is the rest of your life. You know, all that that pattern, right? And so, I hate this for you. As it comes to him, you, you nailed it, man. You know exactly. He's lost multiple identities, right? The identity of that sucks for men is that you're only worth what you can achieve and you can only work, like, you're only worth what you accomplish through your, your big muscles, and he's a weightlifter, and he's a mechanic, and he's an able-bodied person, and, 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 right? So that part mm-hmm. for the time being is, is squashed. Beneath those things are the more important virtuous traits. Somebody who gets back up, somebody who gets back in the ring, somebody who does the grinding, grueling every day of rehab, even without knowing if this is going to work or not, someone who endures yet another surgery, somebody who is still kind and respectful and begins to say, okay, cool, life dealt me two two twos and a three, not a great hand, so I'm going to have to figure another way to play. And that's going to come if you really lean in to encourage him to grief, a massive grief process. Don't compare and put him on a timeline. Don't force him to be joyful and optimistic, but put boundaries on him that say, yeah, you're allowed to be sad. And your butt's at my house, so I'm going to expect you to get up and take the trash out. You can carry that with one arm. Yeah. That's a giant arm, right? And right. Your, um, your butt's going to make breakfast too, right? Yes. Um, I don't know if this is appropriate place for this. It is what it is. We're already into it. So my best friend on planet Earth was... Um, my oldest friend that I've ever met, that I've ever known since we were zero, um, after college was in a life-altering car wreck. And I'll never forget, um, he has very little use of all of his arms and legs anymore. He's still still close. We still keep in contact on a regular basis. And um, he's one of the most heroic, extraordinary people I've ever met. And his little brother and another neighborhood friend of ours are still friends to this day. And I'll never forget the conversation that the three of us had around pancakes while he was still in the hospital. And we said, what, are, what do we do now? And we decided we're going to continue to treat him like somebody that we love, which means we're going to still pick on him. We're still going to give him a hard time. We're still going to have high expectations for him. We're still going to love him. And if he's got to go to the bathroom, we're going to help out. And we're going to invite him to the concerts. And we're going to help him with his wheelchair too. 
Does that make sense? It became everything. It became all of it, all at the same time, and it just became a new, different life. And I know he wouldn't trade anything to go back to be able to run and be free and play pickup basketball. I don't make any, like, illusions about that. But I do know that all of his heart, his family's hearts, all of our hearts have grown because we said we're still going to have high expectations for you. We're still going to treat people with dignity, with kindness, with love. We are going to continue to default to you. We're going to continue to support you, right? So when I tell you that, you've been through, you've been through heavy, heavy loss before. Tell me how that, how is it going to be different this time? Well, before it was, I don't want to say just mental, but it was just mental. We went through some stuff, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. He's my youngest, and we went through a lot of stuff. And I think some of that's still there for him. Um, uh, that's part of, I think that's part of the issue, too. Mm-hmm. Um, this is physical, though. This, this is mental and physical. It's spiritual. It's who am yep. I, right? It's who yeah, am I. Yes, yes, who am I? If I'm not muscles and I'm not a mechanic and I'm not the big, strong guy my mom needs, who am I? And for you, if yet another person I love got hurt, God Almighty, who am I? Right? And you are a resilient, strong, smart, loving mom who is, I think, ready to go one step below where you've been which is pretending, which is trying to prop him up, which is saying, hey, it's all going to be okay. You're going to keep working hard and you're going to keep... <sighs> Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe you're not going to be a mechanic anymore. You're still going to be a person of character. You're still going to be my boy. You're still going to be worth being loved. And we're going to figure out what's next, right? I'm still going to have boundaries. You're not going to be ugly in my house, right? You're not going to be ugly in my house, but we're going to laugh. I'm going to give you a hard time. And my oldest friend on planet Earth, he still can't run. He's still wheelchair bound. He will be for the rest of his life. But I still love him. He still accomplished a lot and encouraged a, a lot, a lot of people. He still brings me joy and makes me laugh and makes me frustrated, makes me angry when he sends me stupid political stuff. He still makes me cry. And I named my kid after him. I named my son after him. And so his legacy will continue on and continue on and continue on. And I tell you that to tell you this. What your son needs is all of you. Not pretend you. Not almost you. Not the one that wants to fix but knows deep down you can't. He wants you. He needs you. And now on the hard days, he's going to really need you. On the easy days, he's going to need you. He's going to need to learn boundaries. He's going to need to dig deep and find himself. He's probably going to need a professional counselor. You know that. You might benefit from one as well. But this won't define him if people around him tell him the truth, if people give him space to grieve, whatever that looks like, and doesn't compress and put weird time limits on it. And like, you should be picking it up by now, but also holds him accountable. Says you do got to go to work. You're going to learn a new skill. And he is blessed to have you as a mom. He's blessed, blessed to have you as a mom, Connie. 
I want you to keep us surprised of how he's getting better. I want you to let us know how things are going. And as he continues to grow, I'd love to have him call the show. I'd love this to have a chat with him, man. He sounds like an awesome guy. Thank you so much for calling. And um, yeah, thank you so much, man. This is a hard, hard season, I know. Um, all right, let's go to, let's take another call. Let's go to Elena in Portland. Elena, what is going on, Elena? Hi, Dr. D. How are you? Couldn't be better. How are you? Pretty good. So Thanks what's going on? my call. Well, um, I have been married to my husband for well over 20 years now. And we have been experiencing over the course of our time together um, a lot really problems with intimacy in our relationship, um, both emotional and physical intimacy. And I'm wondering how I can get him to see a sex therapist with us. Okay. So tell me, be a little more specific. Walk me through some of the, the challenges. Um, I don't feel that our... <laughs> hey, hold on, Elena. Going. Hold on. <laughs> yes. We're super into this already, so it's all good. <laughs> You're like, I can hear like, so, and, we're all in. You just go for it. Okay. There's, well, hey, listen, there's like seriously 16 people that listen to this podcast at the most, <laughs> right? Four of them are my brother. He just has like four different monitors open. Anyway, it's either 16 or a million or so. Either way, it's all good. So we're, we're in it. Go for it. So it's just I don't find our sex life very fulfilling. Okay. What, what does that mean? So that, well, like it, he's not good he, in bed. He's not adventurous. You ask him for things and he says, I'm not doing that. Like, what do you mean? I feel like he shuts me down when okay. I tell him what I need from him. And... It creates a cycle where I avoid, yep. which creates another situation where he angry at me for avoiding. And, and you get in a weird, that weird, sucky par- uh, marriage dance, right? So Yeah, and I want to break the cycle. I love him dearly. I want for us to be happy. Yeah. And I, I, need, I need to break this cycle somehow, and I, I'm at a loss for what to do. Well, I love, love, love your spirit. Like, you're making my heart feel good that you're invested in this. This is so awesome. Um, so when you say you tell him what you need, mm-hmm. what do you need? I tell him how I want him to touch me. I tell him what I need him to say to me. Um, I felt like a kindred to a caller in several shows back when she asked her husband she felt like she was talking a different love language than her husband and that her husband was kind of shutting her down. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, that's me. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So why does he, why does he shut you down? Well, it, I know that he comes from a rather traumatic upbringing. Okay. Um, he, his, the nature of his job is he's exposed to great amounts of trauma. Uh, on a regular basis. What's that job? He's in law enforcement. Okay. Um, and so he, he didn't have the best example Mm -hmm. of what a loving relationship looks like. Okay. Uh, growing up. 
And I think that part of that spilled over into he didn't really explore his own sexuality. Okay. Does he believe that you love him and cherish him and value him? Yes, I think so. You know so or you think so? No, I I'm, I know so. Like, I n- tell him regularly. <laughs> okay, so not in the ways that you think. Like, um, and I'm just speaking broad generalizations here. I'm totally gendering this. Nobody write mean things on the internet. But, um, like, sometimes the trap is I wash his clothes, I make his dinner, I fill in the blank. He knows how much I love him. And that's not always the answer to that question. And so, posed another way, has he ever communicated to to you, here's how I would really feel valued and loved, and you said, sweet, I'm all in? He hasn't communicated that to me. Okay. No. Either verbally or, like, uh, well, even not. So, do you love and cherish yourself? I try to. Okay. So, you said you want to be happy. Walk me through a picture of what happy is. That's one of those amorphous words that ends up, the, the finish line yeah. moves on us when we chase it, right? Until yeah. we finally know what it is. Um, for me, that would be that we both feel secure enough in the relationship that we're not concerned that the other's going to leave because of these problems. So do you think he's going to leave? I have expressed to him that I am fearful that he would. Okay. Are you going to leave? I don't want to. That's a, an expertly avoidant answer. Are you going to leave? <laughs> I'm not giving up without a fight. Okay. That's awesome. I just don't want to be the only one fighting. That's fair. That's fair. So when's, tell me about the last time you sat down and not in a fight or not in a frustrated moment, but sat down and said, I want our life to have reckless, rambunctious, wild sex. I want to be able to... Um, be so enmeshed and in love with you in such a wild way here 20 years into this thing that we are tangled up and that I'm having to hide my phone because of the things that you send me that I've asked you to and vice versa and, and, and. But I need some new tools and I want you to come with me. Have you ever had that conversation with him? Not that explicitly, no. Okay. So here's here's the way forward, especially for somebody who's experienced um, trauma, sexual trauma, who has a high traumatic job, and I've been in that same situation. When somebody comes at me, especially with something as sensitive as sex, especially as something as sensitive as my body, some, something as sensitive as me, right? Tr- people who have experienced trauma or work and live in trauma are experts at walls, Real quick, right? And, oh, he's really good at that. Yeah, of course. And <laughs> even better at mirrored walls. 
So the things you throw at us, we can throw up a wall real quick and it bounces right back and you end up taking the brunt of your own complaint, right? You feel bad about saying something or trying to get help with something, et cetera, right? And then you feel more lonely and more lonely to which then I feel lonely, right? And then I blame you for my loneliness and we just get in this weird circle. So the, the way through that is for you to say really explicitly, we are two decades in and you are the man that I married. You're the man that I love. You're the man that I want to take this, our sexual life, our sexual intimacy, our sex life. Don't even use words like intimacy. Use words like, a, like a, someone who is just ravenously desiring this guy and say, I am ready to go to a level that both of us don't even know yet. And I, speaking about you, I don't have the tools to get us there. I would love for you to explore this with me because I'm ready to go. And if he says, no, I'm good, man. I'm just going to watch the game. Then that's all the answer that you need, right? And if he looks at you like, I don't know another person. I don't know one off the top of my head that wouldn't look at their wife and say, "Uh, okay, I'm super all in. Um, And you can tell them, I'm scared about how this is going to work. This is going to be awkward for us. And I'm nervous about it. And I'm super, super all in. But I want to go get some tools. And if he's in law enforcement, like every cop I've ever met in my life, and I've known a bunch, bunch of them, he's going to say, I'm not going to some therapist, whatever. Then you can say, I'm going to. And I would love it if you came. And at the end of the day, that's the best, best you can do. And you can really double down on healing your heart, learning some new tools, and then letting him see the benefit of these new tools you're learning. And my gut tells me he'll follow right along with you. I know a lot of brave law enforcement folks who get over that initial hurdle about counseling, get over that initial hurdle about therapy. And then all of a sudden, their entire world is different because they learn a whole new language on how to be scared, how to say, I don't know, how to put their guard down, take off that bulletproof vest and then the vest underneath that vest, right, which is the one that protects their soul and say, whew, all right, if we're going to do this, let's go all in, right? Hmm. Does that sound exciting or no? Exciting and scary. Yes. Tell me about scary. Um, the scary is, you know, what if he just says no? Yes. And and that's me. And that that's my, that's on me. No, 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 Elena, that's on every human in the world. Every single person listening to this or watching this just went, yes, because every relationship, whether it's two weeks or 20 years is a risk. And every time you say, hey, there's one more thing. I learned more about my wife. We've been together for over 20 years, dating and married. I learned a lot about her this year. And she learned a lot about me that I didn't know. And she didn't know. Whoa, right? And so it's a risk. It's a super risk. And it's scary. But what's the alternative? Is just to sit there and continue to let the air slowly drain out of this thing. You see where it's headed. You know where it's headed. Mm-hmm. He knows where it's headed. So at some point, somebody has to turn and face this fire and say, I'm going to be the one. And you said it here, right here to me. You said, I'm not going down without a fight. 
And the beautiful thing here is the fight is more awesome sex. That's the fight. I'm, <laughs> I'm all in. Somebody walking through the lobby just looked in and was like, whoa, what are y'all talking about? This more awesome set, right? About being fully known, about finally being loved in a way that you go, yes. And that he goes, whoa, what have I been missing? Right? Mm. You don't sound like you're all in on that. I, I am. I am. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> hey, listen, I don't know what you do for a living. Do not be an actress because you are not selling this. Why did this Sorry. suddenly get scary? No, it's... You've known him for two decades. Why does he get scary all of a sudden? I don't know. It... It's not scary in that. It's it's just I'm I'm hoping he's going to go along for the ride. Okay, so let me tell you this. You ready? Don't hope. You've got to go. If you go into this conversation with one foot already out just in case, you can feel it. You can feel it. You can know she, this man she's she says she loves me but she's hedging her bets. You've been married for 20 years. Either there's something else here that you're not telling me about, or you got to just jump. And by the way, man, man, if you're in love with somebody for this long and they're not all the way in the pool, man, everybody in the room knows it. Your kids know it. Your friends know it. And especially that little six-inch gap between the two of you in bed feels like 100 miles apart. At some point, one of you, and it sounds like you, has got to just say, enough. I want this to be ravenous and reckless. I want to be so obnoxiously in love with you that literally our kids are embarrassed. They are embarrassed. And I'm super okay with that because my life is not making sure my kids aren't embarrassed. My life is making sure that I slide in, like I said about those two women at the top of the hour here at the beginning of the show, we slide into the end of our lives with no tread left on the tires. I want no conversations left had. I want to have fully risked everything to that person that I said I'd do to. I risked everything, went all in. And yeah, Elena, he could say, dude, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm out. And God, that would suck. But if that's the case, he's already out now, right? And then you get a clean cut and you can go figure out what's next instead of just slowly the air leaving this thing. But go all in. Tell them you're going to learn some new tools. Tell them you're going to go figure some things out and you want them to be along for the ride because both of you are going to benefit. Everyone around you is going to benefit. His work's going to benefit. You're going to benefit. Everything gets better when a couple is all in on each other. All in. And I'm excited for your heart and your soul and the fact that you said the magic words, I'm not going down without a fight. And if all of our fights were about more, better sex, God almighty, what a great world that would be. All right, so I'm going to go to a quick email real quick. Um, this email is from Bob. Man, this, we've got a series of these emails, um, and I keep bringing them up here. Do the right thing. Listen to this. I asked my brother if he would be my power of attorney if something happens to me. He said he doesn't want that responsibility. Come on, Bob's brother. What should I do? Number one, get a new brother. Brothers, if your brother comes to you with that level of vulnerability and says, hey, will you be my best man? I mean, best man. Will you be my power of attorney? Best man's a party planner. Power of attorney is somebody who <laughs> closes the party down, right? 
take that responsibility. There is no higher honor than somebody who comes to you and says, I trust you so much, you're going to do the right thing, the heavy thing when I'm gone. But I know that conversation's hard. I know it's awkward. Life is full of hard conversations. Life's full of harsh realities. We've got to start facing that more and more and more. Our team put together the How to Talk About Your Legacy Guide. How to plan conversations, how to get on the same page with your spouse, how to peep, ask people, hey, will you care for my family when I'm dead? Because it's going to happen. Hey, will you be my kids? Can my kids come live with you? I trust and love you that much. That's not for everybody, but at least learn how to have that conversation, right? Text LEGACY to 33789. LEGACY 33789. It's a free guide. You lose nothing. And it's worth it. Bob, I'm sorry your brother said he doesn't want that responsibility. I get it, though. It's heavy and it's hard. But man, somebody called me and asked me to be their power of attorney. And I tell you what, it was an honorable moment. Um, it's a moment of honor. Hmm. Legacy, 33789. All right, let's take one more call. Let's go to Peter in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Peter, what's up, brother? How we doing? Hey, Dr. D. Thank you for what you do. Hey, man. Thank you. What's going on? Uh, um, well, I've been struggling with some news. I found out a couple of years ago that my mom has actually been panhandling. Um, so we've talked about it, but it's still, you know, I guess it's still weighing in on me a couple of years later. Have you talked to your mom about it? Yeah. Um, I mean, she struggled with money her whole life, you know, since I can remember. And a friend of mine um, said that she, they saw her, you know, with a, like a cardboard sign asking mm -hmm. for money, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, we did, we did talk to her about it and she admitted to it, um, but said that, you know, she was just in a hole and uh, needed some quick money to get out of it. Um, we, my, her sister, my aunt, right? So she has a little bit of, of, there's probably the best financial situation of the family even offered. She said, okay, you know, how much do you need to get out of this hole? And was willing to, you know, write a check right there, but my mother refused and then completely shut down, doesn't want to discuss it anymore, you know? Hey, can I just tell you, man, that sucks. I'm sorry. I'm trying to wrap my head around, like, me and your situation, man. That's hard to see, hard to hear, huh? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm struggling more because, like, she's she's always been very generous, but now I have my own kids, yeah. so she'll want to... She'll want to give my kids like a Christmas present or a birthday present. Yeah. And the only thing I'm thinking is that that money came from her begging. Yeah. Um, man, there's a couple of things here. Number one, uh, how old are you, man? I'm in my 40s. Okay. How old's your mom? Uh, 60s. So is there any plan for 65, 70, 75? Is there anything down the road? Um, for her, I don't think so. Um, like any social had, security, any sort of, well, I guess that yes, but I know she's, she's worked her whole life okay. and then right into her sixties, her job was outsourced. So she was kind of like forced into early retirement. Yeah. Um, and hasn't been able to find another job since then. Okay. So it's been a couple of years and I, I, as far as I know, she's getting, you know, social security, but I, I don't know if of any kind of, you know, 401k or any other, you know, retirement sure. plans. And, um, so do you have? I, mean, I haven't spoken to her about that. Though. Do you have brothers and sisters? I have a, an older brother. Yeah. Have you all sat down and had this conversation yet? Is he is he trustworthy I have in that way? About it, but he he's not. 
he doesn't seem as concerned about it as I am. You know, he's, he's about his mom like, panhandling. Right. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately like what, he's what would the response i've trying to put my head around i don't want to throw shade at your brother yo but like what would you yeah. what would you say to that like oh that sucks dude how's the game like wh- how do you respond right. to that <laughs> pretty much i mean no i i said you know we need to get her help we need to find out what kind of you know situation she's in you know i, I i'm like this can't be her retirement plan yeah know? um so but he he just says you know well she's gonna do what she's gotta do kind of kind of an attitude you know mm. Well, hey, here's the sucky part. He's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, kind of like the last caller. I'm not going down without a fight, but he's right. Um, man, I wish I had more for you. Here's here's the. Well, let me ask you this before I start rattling off here. Um, you said this has been bothering you for a few years. Walk me through what's been going on in your heart and mind for the last few years. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, just the just the image of my mom, you know, holding a cardboard sign, right? Right. Um, it's very painful. So, um, have you have you gone to get involved? Have you driven up and said, "Get in this car," and taken her to get pancakes somewhere, and just been like, "What is going on, man?" No. What is what has stopped you from doing that? Uh, I don't know. That's. I guess that's a good good advice. I mean, that's that's square one. If I know my mom's on the side of a, of a street corner, brother, I'm going to tell you right now. Again, I'm not hating on you. I'm just telling you I'm going to get in the car and go get my mom out of the street. Um, have you ever sat her down in a, in a, not in a fight, but just in a, hey, I'm coming to hang out with you, mom, and just said, hey, what's going on? I mean, we tried when we first got that news. Uh-huh. And, you know, and she just, I don't want to talk about this anymore. You know, she kind of just shut everything down. Um, so so you know, I I, every every family's different. Every mom is different. So um, I'm known for having a pretty direct personality, okay? But if I find out that someone I love, my mom, just trying to put myself in your shoes, and she says, I don't want to talk about it, I'm going to say, I don't care what you want to talk about. My mom is not going to be panhandling. That's not a solution to life. So we right. are going to talk about this. Would she say, screw you and get up and walk out? Or would she put her head down and be so grateful that somebody punched through that wall she's got and then said, what do we do next? Like, what would her response be? I think based on the last time we spoke about it, she'd walk away. Okay. Here's what I'm not able to do if I'm you. I'm not able to know that I did every... What's the worst that's going to happen? She's going to be right back where she's at, right? Right. And so, are you married right now? Yeah. Okay. So, here's what I would do if I was you. Um, Number one, I want to just say, dude, I'm glad that you still love your mom and you still care for her. That tells me that you've got something in your heart that's not going to sleep right until you know your mom's sleeping right. And that means you're a good man. And... um. So good for you. I do think you've got some action ahead of you ASAP, okay? Um, I think you need to get with your wife and set up whatever boundaries are going to be boundaries. As, if mom said okay, would you let her move in? If mom said okay, would you help supplement rent? If mom said okay, fill in the blank. Get your boundaries firm, and it may be none of those things. Like, we don't have the room for her to move in. We don't have any spare change in our house. Um, that's not something we can do. Cool. But get with your wife and set up some really firm boundaries. 
And then you got to get on the horn and to get your brother and say, hey, I'm going to have an intervention with mom. We heard about it again that she's out begging on the streets again. And we're not going to let mom do that. And if he blows you off, he blows you off. But you know at least I invited him into this conversation, which you don't want to have is some hardcore conversation. And then him find out a couple months later and then be like, oh, you just left me out of it, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Make you the yeah. bad guy on that deal. So invite him in. Say, hey, I'm going on this day at this time, and we're we're done with this. And then be real direct with your mom. Tell her that you love her and that this isn't safe, and you want to come up with some other solutions, whether it's getting her connected to regional or local services, or whether it is helping her find a job, whether it's giving her a place to stay, whether it's giving her food money, whatever that happens to be, however you can help support her. And then at the end of the day, you'll at least be able to put your head on a pillow, not knowing everything's okay, but knowing I did everything that I could do. And I would also bring your kids along on this deal too, because I want them to see their dad going to the ends of the earth for his mom. Okay. Okay. And I want them to love grandma and to know grandma. And here's another thing. Um, I'm going to do this. I want you to stay on the line. Kelly is going to give you a year subscription to Ramsey Plus, which is all of the financial tools from my from the guy, my old man, the, my boss here, Dave Ramsey. I was going to say my old man. He's not my dad. <laughs> kind of is, but not really. He signs my paychecks. Um, no, my dad's my dad. But it's got everything from the Financial Peace University classes in it to the, the apps, all the stuff. And this is starting from square one. And you're going to be able to use that with your mom. If she's interested, if she's not, then you can use it for your family. If she's interested, this will walk her through step one. And I don't care how old you are, how young you are. It's never too late to say, starting today, I'm going to follow this plan. And you know Dave Ramsey. He's helped millions and millions of people get out of debt. This is bigger than that. He just teaches people how to handle their money, which means he teaches people how to handle and live lives with intentionality. Right? How to be whole. And so this is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you what I can, right? Put a tool in your hand you. and you may have to get, call local services. You may, have, I don't know, whatever that is, but I'm not going down. I'm not going to sleep at night knowing my mom's doing that without at least knowing I did everything I could to get my mom off the street. Everything I could. I'm going to bunk my kids up for a season. I'm going to call my brother. I'm going to call her church. I'm going to figure something out. Until she says, I don't want that, man. I don't want to be in any of this stuff. I like, I can make good money doing what I'm doing. Forget you. Get out of my life. And um, that'll suck, but at least you'll know, right? At least you'll know. Thank you for that call, brother. Thank you for your heart. Um, Get involved and get active and then call me back. Email me back. Let me know how those conversations go, how those plans go. And um, man, all right. So as we wrap up today's show, let's do this. Um, I got some songs here. I got some songs here. You know what? I didn't even mean to, man. But this song is one. Because we talked about my good friend. Because we talked about the two extraordinary women who passed away this past week. I'm going to wrap this song, this show up with a song from 2007. It's a secret track on Bruce Springsteen's Magic album. It's called Terry's Song. And he wrote it about a friend who passed away, and here's what he said. Well, they built the Titanic to be one of a kind, but many ships have ruled the seas, 
And they built the Eiffel Tower to stand alone, but they could build another if they please. The Taj Mahal, the periods of Egypt, are unique, I suppose, but when they built you, brother, they broke the mold. Now the world is filled with many wonders under the passing sun, and sometimes something comes along and you know for sure it's the only one. The Mona Lisa, the David, the Sistine Chapel, Jesus, Mary, and Joe. And when they built you, brother, they broke the mold. And they say you can't take it with you, but I think they're wrong, because all I know is I woke up this morning and something big was gone. Gone into that dark ether where you're still young and hard and cold, just like when they built you, brother. They broke the mold. This has been the Dr. John Deloney Show.